Hello, and welcome to Talk Social to Me. I am your lovely host, Mackenzie, and I am joined again today by Ben, who we basically started this by just immediately talking and not really having an intro. There was so much to talk about in terms of TikTok, in terms of Instagram, in terms of YouTube, and just ads and everything that all of these social media platforms are constantly changing and adding and removing. So just hold on to your hats and I hope you enjoy. Ben is back and we're going to be talking about all things TikTok, Instagram, YouTube, all the social media channels. So Ben, we were chatting uh, right before this. So if you want to dive into what you were talking about. Yeah, absolutely. We were just chatting before the recording about a few different things, a lot of which were TikTok related. And so I guess we'll start with with this one because it was kind of crazy to me that like a lot of people have never read the ownership policies or the terms of service when it comes to TikTok. And they basically have full creative rights and freedoms to make any content that you put on their platform and they can use it as an ad. And just because you've put it on their their ad, their, their platform, you're allowed to do that. And that so the story crazy. I was telling, it, it's nuts. And so this guy, this comedian named Cody Ko, he, was a, he actually is a Canadian, much like myself, so shout out <laughs> Cody. But uh, he's a big time YouTuber and he actually had kind of like a beef with TikTok two years ago or so where he was like roasting the platform kind of thing. And then, to, I don't know if it was to troll him or or what, but they started using his content as ads, to, like TikTok ads, like to promote the platform. And then he's like, what's going on? Like, this is crazy. And then he read through the terms of service in a video and he's like, they're allowed to do this. He's like, he's like they're completely allowed to do this. And they were just like trolling him back and forth on Twitter. It was actually really, really funny. That is wild. Yeah, it's alarming, but I guess it's the, it's the TikTok world. Yeah, I mean... Always read the terms and conditions, I guess. I have an extension actually on my Chrome that actually reads all the terms and conditions and breaks it down into like dummy content so you can read it really quickly and know. That's so smart. What's that called? Let's see. Terms of service didn't read is what, like too long didn't read. Yeah. That's amazing. But yeah, so it breaks it down and it actually gives like a grading scale. Like this is okay. This is not okay. Do not download. Wow. So I did a couple of years ago, I tried to go through all of the terms, like the new updated terms and conditions that Instagram had released. And so mm-hmm. I put it through there and the amount of red that showed up, I was like, this is probably not great, but it's fine. <laughs> it's Instagram. Who cares? It's, it's like that meme with uh, the dog where he's like, everything is fine. Yeah. <laughs> the paper in the fire. Yeah, so that I was definitely like that. me. Like, yeah. This is life right now. Yes, yeah, so the, the video is called TikTok is trolling me. That's what Cody Co made, and it's it was actually eye opening and and funny too, which is good. But yeah, it, the terms of service is always a good idea to read because you don't know exactly what you're getting yourself into. And for his situation, and this again, this this was a few years ago, so it could have changed, but I, I doubt it. They were using videos that he had privated, like they weren't even public no. videos, and they were still using them as ads. No. Yeah. Yeah. So I was like, this is the ultimate troll. Oh my God. Could you imagine just like your most private like story, like the stories that you're like, oh, maybe I shouldn't post this. And then they're just like putting it out there. (laughs) Yeah. And obviously they wouldn't do that unless you were someone with like clout like Cody has, but still it's, it's concerning that they have the full legal ability to do that. Well, Instagram, before they changed their terms and conditions, gosh, I want to say this was maybe three or four years ago. Every like every single video, every single post that you put on Instagram, they could take. 
Like it yep. was like anybody could take. It was like user quote unquote user generated content. And now recently Mossery just was like, nope, we're only doing original content. We're not promoting anybody like regramming anybody else. And mm. they changed the terms and conditions. So now it's illegal for you to post other people's content if it's not your own. No, but, uh, we'll see. We'll see. I'll definitely look into that. <laughs> but he actually, he was just recently on stage speaking all about like the, the changes coming to, to Instagram. Did you watch that at all? The TED Talk that he just did. Yes. No, exactly. but I saw, who was it? Wired just did like a breakdown of what he was talking about and how he thinks that big tech needs to kind of leave creators alone, which I thought was interesting coming from somebody who works for a big tech company. So what did you glean from that? Like, did you learn anything from that talk or did you watch it? Yeah. So I watched bits and pieces. I'd say I saw a few rundowns on YouTube. And I think the biggest things that I took from it was that it almost seems like as much as a lot of users are confused by Instagram, I think Instagram's kind of confused by Instagram a little bit in terms of yeah. what their primary goals and intentions are. But I do like that they're trying. Like, I, like I, I genuinely, because <laughs> it sounds like he, as much as he gets, he's become the villain of all things Instagram. Yeah. I do think that he does have good intentions at heart in terms of what he's trying to do. I just think much like Instagram's found so much success from just basically doing everything and seeing what sticks. And I think that when they have this many users and there's this much, this many opinions involved, it's kind of a dangerous game to play. But I'm also optimistic that hopefully through enough testing, they'll get to a place where people right. are, are happier with the platform. I mean, there was that meme that was going around recently that I think it just went viral. And I'm pretty sure it was from Work and Social, they say, because she's always kicking ass on social media. But yeah. where it was like, you should have just stuck to your niche. Like you were such a good photo sharing app and now you kind of lost your identity a bit. And now it seems like Pinterest is becoming their biggest competitor because more people are actually going to Pinterest looking for images. And there was a TikTok recently that I saw that this girl, her big hack right now to grow on Instagram is by pinning all of her Instagram photos on Pinterest and having the link to that actual image go to her Instagram. And so she's getting people from Pinterest to go to Instagram and follow her. And that's like a new hack because everybody's going on Pinterest for photos. The problem with it is when they're owned by Meta, that yeah. and they see how much attention is going towards video sharing platforms, as a for-profit business, they, they gotta look at that and be like, we have to go after that. There's just, there's too much yeah. there. And if they feel like they can win, They'd look back and regret it tremendously. So the, the changes are always fun to keep up with at the very least. <laughs> yeah, especially with everybody kind of up in arms about just features that they're testing. And it's not even things that are completely rolled out where I know this week everybody's up in arms about the Instagram stories and how the new feature that they're testing and it's just a test. It's not even rolled out. They're just testing it where when you post more than three stories, you'll now have to like click a button at the top of the story that says like show all. And it won't let you see every single little dash at the top. So you might not even know that there's more than three stories on somebody's Instagram story. Wow. Yeah, the people are very quick to get very up in arms over tests, but that's exactly what like you said, what they are. And they're gonna use basically how you interact with that to make the decision on whether to keep it or not. So exactly. something that's there today may be gone in a few weeks. So don't get too bent out of shape. It'll all be okay. <laughs> Absolutely. But one of the biggest things, and this was just announced today, is that TikTok is rolling out with a subscription. 
And as somebody who is a YouTuber and YouTube released subscriptions, I think in 2018, and then Instagram announced that they're doing subscriptions, I think it was almost two or three months ago. Do you think that subscriptions are the way to go for these platforms? I don't know how it worked on YouTube. I've never subscribed to anybody on YouTube, so I'm just not sure. Yeah, the, the, the premise of, across all of them is very, very similar. It's like you get access to pretty well exclusive content and, and, and also different ways that you can interact with the, the content itself. So for example, if, if people have subscribed to people, like the paid subscription on YouTube, yeah. then when they interact within the community or on their content, it shows that they're a subscriber, right? So that you get additional perks, additional little things that you can put in there. And I definitely think it makes sense for the right kind of creators. But I also think for the platforms, it makes so much sense because it, it, they make it easy to do it on platform. And then they also take a cut of it, right? So it's like, and I, yeah. it's, a, it's a no-brainer <laughs> business decision. But if I was a creator, I still would try to build like these subscriptions off the platform. But they're very, if they're smart, like they were on YouTube, they kind of work it into the ecosystem so that it makes a ton of sense to have it there. I do think that subscriptions make so much sense because people are willing to pay for that exclusivity and that extra attention and all that stuff. And that's been proven time and time again across all of these things. Everything's getting so much more personalized. Yep. And so if you can get a way to give that to people, they're going to pay a premium. And especially if you have a large audience, you can pay not much. And if you're more of an educator, maybe you, you make that more. So I'll be curious to see how that structures. I'm looking at the prices now. Yeah, I don't think they're very high each month. They're pretty reasonably priced. And especially if I think right now they're rolling out just live subscriptions on TikTok. So when a creator goes live, people can actually chat with them privately. So the creator can actually make the chat in live just between the people who subscribe to them. And so they can actually like have a chat with their creator and like act like mm. they're best friends and be like, Hey girl, what's up? Or Hey boy. Like, so it feels more personalized and actually like you're friends with the creator that you're watching all the time. So that could be kind of cool. I know I would like that if it was somebody that I was absolutely obsessed with, like, hello, Teffy, I'd be like, yes please sub sign me up. hundred percent. Yeah. And I think that any ability to, for people to feel more connected with their favorite creators, is going to be something they're, they're going to jump for. Uh, so I think it all depends on, on, I can see a ton of people having great levels of success with it if they take it seriously and make it worthwhile. And then that comes down to, to knowing your audience. Cause that's going to be so different depending on the, the type of stuff that you post. Yeah, for sure. With the Instagram thing, I've only seen a handful of people. I don't think they've rolled it out to all creators yet. I know they're rolling it out more and more, but I'm curious how many people are actually going to are going to actually subscribe to Instagram creators. And like, would you want a private DM with your creator? Like, what do you actually gain from spending seven ninety nine a month on somebody on Instagram? Yeah, that's the craziest thing is because like, what is worth that price, right? What justifies it? And that will be what dictates success or not. And I think that studying things like Patreon and, and things of that nature would, would be smart because then you can see okay, well, who are the most successful Patreon users and what kind of stuff are they, are they adding that they're not normally giving on their platform. And I think one issue they may have though, is that a lot of time people go to Patreon or these other subscription model services because they want to post stuff that they can't post on YouTube or exactly. the native platform. Yep. So it's like, it, and I feel like that's a, one of the major value adds. So it's like if, if, if they still have a lot of strict content regulations in terms of what the exclusive content can even right. be, 
I could see that being an issue. So I, I get, I'm like cautiously optimistic about all these subscription services because it's all about if it's done right from everybody involved. <laughs> Absolutely. Well, and how does YouTube work? Because they've been doing this since for the past, what, five years now? Yeah, it's, it's been a while. And so again, I think it's usually like they can release certain content to their subscribers. They also get different things attached to them. So when they comment on something and they know that it's a subscriber, all those different things. So it, they try to make it more of an immersive experience. And so I've, it's going to be more impactful, the deeper connection that you actually have with your with your following. And that's, I think that's another thing that's so important that right now it feels like because Instagram is changing so much and because people are flocking to TikTok, people are just trying to figure out how to grow their niche audience on Instagram because mm. it feels like engagement's going down. It feels like the algorithm is changing every single day. And it's just like, how do you build that audience anymore? It's so, it just feels hard to do at the moment. And yeah, no, I, I completely agree. But I also, I, I hope I didn't say this last podcast, but if I did, I'm going <laughs> to say it again. But like, there's, there's this old analogy when it comes to investing and it's to be greedy when others are fearful and fearful when others are greedy. And so I've seen a lot of people that are crushing it on, on Instagram right now because there is this sentiment like it's not worth the time. So then the people that are actually creating specific for that platform and what's working well there are crushing it. Yeah. So it's like, it's one of those things where just because TikTok is the hot thing or shorts is the hot thing, doesn't mean there aren't people absolutely crushing it when they still see the opportunity there. And it's the same sort of thing with investing. Emotion plays such a big part in it. And I would yes. say that it absolutely carries over to where we put our time on social too. So, and, and I've seen personally, like a lot of my people, whenever I see them, they're crushing it on Instagram and they're not releasing TikTok. I've, I've reached out to a few people and they've said exactly that. They're like, I'm winning here. So why would I stop? No, absolutely. And I have a friend who it was just a, like a very niche side project that she's been working on, on Instagram where she was just creating poetry and yeah. just like, started posting it and would share it on her own Instagram, which she only has a couple thousand on her own personal Instagram. Yep. And in the past four months has gotten 15,000 people to follow her new side project poetry account. She posted one reel during the past four months, just one, but it's, it's been just static. Yeah. And it's just static images and it's people have just been connecting to the poetry and they've been sharing it and she's just been engaging with her audience. She's been just talking to people and post every single day. She's used a couple hashtags, but it's just, she's consistent with it. And she makes sure that it's something that people are interested in and it's relatable. And I think that's the biggest thing is making sure you're making content that's relatable and that people want to share. Yeah, absolutely. Connection is what they all crave. And so social media is no different than in real life. So if you want to do two things, you want to provide a sense of community and then also create a create content that promotes the the growth of that community, which is exactly what you're saying. And obviously something she's doing really well. Yeah, she's killing it. Like I, I, was, I actually DM'd her. I'm like, how are you doing this? And she's like, honestly, awesome. I'm just messaging people and people are sharing it. And one of my posts got shared by like a really big influencer who was just like this and posted on their story. And she's like, and I gained a bunch of followers from that. And she's like, honestly, it's just being relatable. Yeah, no, it's, it's like the ultimate hack. Uh, so just to, just to put a bow on the whole the subscription yeah. thing. So I'm looking up channel memberships now. So that's what it's called over on YouTube. It's the exact same thing. It's a recurring payment model. And then the perks that they get are things like 
badges. So that that's a little visual thing that people are shown that this is a subscriber. <laughs> and then they get access to use different emojis in the chat or in the comments. <laughs> and also other perks like exclusive videos, live chats, and then other content. Interesting. I know with on TikTok, they they get access to different emojis that the creators make. So Ooh, you that know. is pretty snazzy. That's pretty <laughs> sweet. And, and on the other point that we were going to go over with TikTok too is how they're starting to figure out the whole monetization piece because that's been yeah. a, a major, major issue where the creator fund has been a joke and it's been like it's a flawed in design because the more creators there are, the less money there is to go around. But they just recently announced that they are going to create a new program that for anybody with over 100,000 uh, followers, they'll be able to split ads through a new program where 50% will go to the creator and 50% will go to TikTok, which is pretty exciting if they get that right, because that was exactly what made YouTube win. Exactly. People don't remember back in the day, like there was people, there was a huge conflict of where creators were going to go. And they actually had competitors that were seriously bidding hard <laughs> on creators, like tons of money. So much so that uh, they actually got Gary Vee completely off of YouTube to go to their biggest competitor, oh, wow. which was, I think, called Viddler at the time. Yeah. And because they gave him equity and YouTube wouldn't give Gary equity. So he left and they got everyone back once they gave the open up the creator program. So if you if TikTok can get this right, this could completely change the, the negative narratives when it comes to that side of, of TikTok. Well, and it can be an even bigger competitor for YouTube because they're now that TikTok is looking into doing 10, 15 minute videos on their platform, that could be like a huge disadvantage for YouTube if they can kill it on the monetization as well. Yes, because that's always been what separated YouTube from every other platform is how easy it was to build content into a legitimate business and a very yeah. lucrative one that just hasn't really been replicated anywhere else. So if TikTok were to figure that out, it's kind of scary, especially as a YouTuber like myself, because of course, yeah. it is, it's, it's different because it, why I like YouTube so much is because people have to be committed to the content because they, they consciously chose to click it and then they continue to choose to watch it. Whereas if, if it's purely algorithm driven, that's, I don't know. I feel like we're just losing all sense of, of autonomy here or like self-control and it's all going towards the algorithm. So, but, but you're totally right. If they figure that out, yeah, YouTube will then be in trouble. Yeah. It's interesting that you say that. I only say this because I listened to a podcast recently called rabbit hole by the New okay. York times. It was really good, but they talk about the algorithm on YouTube and that it's a very specific algorithm on YouTube as well. And they've kind of changed it in the past couple of years because people were only watching very specific content that the algorithm gave them. Mm -hmm. So it's interesting that you're saying that YouTube doesn't do it because they do exactly that as well, where yes, you're searching for like a certain video that you want to watch, but the little suggestions on the side are also very much driven by the algorithm to keep you consistently on their platform. For sure. Yeah, absolutely. I just more meant so like the fact that like someone has to click your video, right? Like that, that's what I was saying was, was the biggest difference where of course it's, it's definitely algorith algorithmically driven, but you still have to get someone to click your video. Whereas TikTok is just going to say, here, watch this now. Right. And they obviously do a fantastic job of that. And obviously YouTube does well with their own suggestion algorithm, but like the huge opportunity that's there is if you, if you learn how to get people to click, YouTube becomes a massive opportunity because that's kind of the 100%. gatekeeper. Whereas now it's all algorithm driven on TikTok. So yeah, no, but you're totally right. They, yeah. they definitely do suggest things. I, there was a video that popped up for me the other day on TikTok where they said, turn your mic and your camera off. On, when you're watching TikTok and see how much the algorithm doesn't know you. 
And so I just decided to do it one day just to kind of see if I was going to get any videos that I was actually interested in. And within 48 hours, I stopped getting videos that I enjoyed. Really? And it was, yeah, it was so interesting. And I don't know why it was with the camera and the mic, but I stopped watching a lot of TikToks and I was like, oh, I'm actually getting stuff done during the day because I'm not (laughs) swiping through my phone. (laughs) That's a hack. Yeah. So I think that would be because when you're consuming, I believe they're using facial recognition software to see how you emotionally respond to the kind of content they put in front of you. Terms like and they're physically scanning your face to see if, oh, did you laugh? Did you smile? Whatever. Yeah. And then and then the mic is picking up looking for keywords, right? So if like certain things you say, they then know to show you. So that that's wildly interesting. Did you just turn that off in settings? I didn't even know you could do that. Yeah. So if you actually go in your settings on your phone, you can turn off the mic and the video. And like you can't create okay. videos if you're on like doing off. that, obviously. But yeah. <laughs> Yeah, it's just it was fascinating like that it was it only took 48 hours for them to be like, I don't know who you are anymore. That is insane. That is so so what kind of stuff was it showing you after that point? So god, what was it? It was some of it was political, which I was just like, nah, not for me. And then because my location services were off, it didn't know where I was located. Ooh. And so it was showing me content from New York. It was showing me content from San Diego, from Canada, just like all over. And right now, because I'm in London, they obviously I turn my locations on right now. So they're showing me restaurant suggestions and cat videos that I normally love. But before it was just had no idea where I was located, had no like political ties. They didn't know like politically where I leaned. They didn't know if I was a cat person or a dog person or even if I was an animal lover. It's just like showing me all this stuff. And they're like, like one of these, please. Yeah, give us something to work with here. Yeah, (laughs) and I wasn't liking anything. I was just scrolling. It was, yeah, it was interesting to have that little experiment. That is so cool. Yeah, everyone everyone listening should definitely try that (laughs) and just let us know what you start to see. That's that's wildly interesting. I'm going to give that a go. Yeah, but back to the monetization thing, it would definitely be a killer for YouTube if they can... Get this absolutely correct. And the other thing is something that we were talking about with terms and conditions at the very beginning is they are trying something with ads where companies can come in, start a hashtag, like a brand can do a branded hashtag, and a brand can actually choose the top videos that they like and throw money at a certain video to create an ad with a creator's video. That is crazy. Yeah. So it'll be, yeah. I don't know how I feel about that because I don't know if a creator will actually get any of that money. I really hope they do. (laughs) I hope it's like, because if they could make that a lucrative split, then that could actually, I could see that being good because then you're getting rewarded for you being you and creating solid user generated content. Like that could make sense. And then basically like TikTok would also win because they're acting as the middleman, the broker, that kind of new new age brand deal. I'm saying that in air quotes because this would obviously (laughs) not be that relationship based, but it, yeah, that, that could be wildly interesting. When is that rolling out? Do you know? They just kind of announced it. And now TikTok has decided that they are no longer using user generated content as a term. They created oh. their own term. Well, on that note, apparently Instagram coined the term influencer. Did which they? I didn't know that. Yeah. No. Again, I, I heard that secondhand, so that could be wrong. But <laughs> in a video that I watched, they said they quoted Instagram as creating the term influencer. So TikTok, instead of user-generated content, they are calling it community-generated entertainment. Come on, spare me. Yeah, exactly. So it's no longer user-generated content. It is community-generated entertainment. 
CGE is the new term. And so, yeah, user-generated content has reigned over social media for years, but people on TikTok prefer content that relies heavily on shared entertainment value and audience engagement. Enter community-generated entertainment. CGE is the language of TikTok. It enables creators to pull their audiences into their content through entertainment and collaboration, developing long-lasting community connection. That's why 71% of the TikTok audience said that they feel a closer connection to people they interact with on TikTok than on any other platforms they use. But do they? Wow. That was, first of all, that was, that was an impressive read right there. You got through Thank that you. real, real, real clearly. I'm always so skeptical with everything that these platforms say to a degree, because it's like, how much of this is selfishly motivated for something, some bigger plan? You know what of I mean? Of course, like, yeah. So it, that is very interesting to see. But that was obviously a huge push for like a business trend in terms of like this UGC or now the change <laughs> name. Yeah. But it's just because it's so relatable. And that's, it's kind of like the anti-Instagram ad, right? Where it's like, yeah. and now even like UGC stuff is, is working well on Instagram now too, because it just connects so deeply with people. Yeah. I mean, that's like the biggest thing is like, when brands can actually see people wearing their clothes and they, these people are tagging them in their content. And so that's all user generated content that that brand can then share. And it felt more like a community on Instagram because we were all sharing each other's stuff. We were all part of this conversation. And for me, and maybe this is just because I'm an old millennial, I don't know, but I feel like TikTok is kind of missing that a bit. Where, I mean, yes, you can stitch videos, you can do at people, you can like have those conversations, but I still feel like there's some kind of disconnect where I don't feel that sense of community as I did on Instagram. Really? And so what in particular is missing? Like, do you feel it's the fact that you see the same person's content over and over again on Instagram? Or what was it that allowed you to build that sense of community there or feel that sense of community? I think it's because like, yes, you can DM people on TikTok, but they also have to be following you. Yes, Whereas, that's super strange. Yeah, yeah. So that's like, there's a disconnect for that for me because I feel like I could easily message anybody on Instagram. And while that's probably not the best thing for some creators, but you can build that like connection with a creator that you've been following for a really long time. Like there's a few creators and influencers that I've been following on Instagram for the past eight years and never met them in real life, but we've built like a friendship and I say friendship, maybe they don't feel like it's friendship, but we've built like something like a rapport yeah. on Instagram. Whereas I could never do that on TikTok. Even I feel like the comments, maybe I just don't like how the comments look on TikTok. Maybe that I'm just like, I hate it, but I feel like the comments are easier to access on Instagram and it's easier to connect with people on Instagram over TikTok. But I don't know, maybe that's just me. I find it like you can't even see if people have tagged you it on anything on Instagram. I find it really hard to find stitched videos on TikTok, like all that kind of stuff. I feel like it's just harder to connect and see somebody's bubble, whereas it's easier to find on Instagram. Yeah, I feel like, I feel like you're definitely on to something. That's usually the biggest argument that I have that's pro Instagram is that it is far more of a, a two-way conversation. And, and it's I would argue it's a way better community building tool or, or maybe community nurturing is a better better way to say it because you can build a massive audience on TikTok, but so can everyone. Yeah. And it's like, are they really part of your community? You, you really have to break the mold to make someone connect with you. Whereas all the different tools that you have over on Instagram, you can really nurture a smaller audience to be really loyal with you. And I think all those touch points make it feel a little more human and a little more real, which is yeah. what people are obviously craving for. So no, I think, I think you, 
absolutely nailed it. It's also interesting because I don't know if you've ever like noticed this or even bother to care because I'm just like, oh, I wonder if how people's actual engagement rate is on TikTok. Yeah. And if you go through some of the, the top creators, yeah, they might have a lot of views on their stories, but the actual engagement, so the actual likes, the actual comments are pretty low. Yeah. And I find that really fascinating because it's like, yeah, people are looking at it, but are they actually engaging with it? Are they commenting on it? Like what, where is the community aspect of it? Yeah, I've seen that a bunch. And I've also seen a ton of creators that had success early on. And now they're getting way, way less views on their stuff. I was, just, I was trying to go to TikTok to give you a few examples. But I have a ton of friends who built a following very early on in the days of TikTok. And they've noticed a huge dip in their views over time. And it seems like they're, they're constantly rewarding like the next thing. Yeah. You know what I mean? And then people also... Like the the blessing is also a curse where people are constantly looking for more content. It's like, yes, they are. Even after they follow you, yeah. right? Like you can follow someone and then not see their content for so long. And I think also because it structures like that, people follow far more freely, which yeah. is great for the vanity of, of creators, but it's not great for building a community. Like I feel like people are, if someone follows you on Instagram, they actually intend to consume your content more. 100%. Whereas when people follow you on TikTok, they're like, yeah, I wouldn't hate to see this again. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Like they're not as like invested. Well, and for me, and I don't know if this is how it is for you, but I never go to my follower. Like, you know, it's like the for you page and then it's like the following page. I never yeah. click my following page. I only stay on my for you page. I'm basically the same. And the only time I'm ever on the follower page is when I haven't realized that I've clicked it. And yeah, then, same. And I'm like, and then, why am I seeing the same person? <laughs> yeah, exactly. And then I'll see it. And then I'm like, oh, okay, I'll go back to the for you page. So and I, I, that's probably something they're trying to design to make us spend more time doing that. But yeah, it's just we've become so accustomed to constant new fresh dopamine hits. So it's kind yeah. of it's 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 almost like the anti-community platform because there's so much competition. <laughs> That's such a good point, like anti-community. You don't you're not building anything. You're just basically hoping something goes viral and it hits somebody's feed and that they'll follow you and then just hoping that the next thing will be viral as well. Yeah, and that's like they're there's such variability in, in people's views. And that's why I was trying to dive into TikTok to show a few examples. But I have friends that have like hundreds of thousands. In some case, they even have millions. And you'll go through their stuff and there'll be v v like videos with like a thousand views or 2,000 views and they have a million followers. It's like, yeah. how is that even a thing? It's crazy. It honestly blows my mind. I think that's also why if you do have a following and you're listening to this on TikTok, you, you have to work to, to kind of cultivate that community and you have to work very hard. Like that's why I think live is a huge thing there Yeah, and being creative and, and going live there. And uh, so definitely go follow Flex TikTok so we can start going live soon because <laughs> you, you need that thousand uh, followers and we will start going live once that happens. Yes. But I just think that it's so powerful to build a community there. And I think that's the biggest hack there is on Instagram or TikTok because even if you get a small audience there, if someone comes into your live and they feel like they know you, and I, whenever I've done this even somewhat consistently, I've seen huge impact on my overall engagement and everything because they will be your early movers to your yeah. content. They're going to consume <laughs> everything. They're going to comment on everything. And it only takes a few minutes from them hopping in your live. And then if, if they come back and you remember who they are, boom, they're like a fan of your stuff for life. Forever. I think the other thing that kind of turns me off a little bit on TikTok, and I love TikTok. I'm always on TikTok. I told myself, like, if you told me two years ago that I would be on TikTok, I would not have believed you because I was such a hater. I think a lot of people fall into that yeah. camp. 
I just, I feel like you have to be constantly, constantly creating content. And I think that's really hard on people. And then now, and I kind of think this is a marketing ploy, but people say it's not with everybody, with all these musicians coming forward saying my label actually will not let me record or like release a song without a song going viral on TikTok. Wow. And all of there's, I think it was Florence the Machine. There Recently it's Halsey. Charlie XCX, FKA Twigs, they all have been very vocal about how they want to release music and they want to do this and that, but the label says that they need four TikTok videos a week and they need to be constantly wow. posting content. They need their songs to go viral on TikTok or they're not going to be releasing their songs. Like, it's crazy. That is. That's just limiting creativity so much. And I'm sure that they would sell it as if they're expanding their creative outlook, but right. that's... But that's not the case at all. That's purely TikTok motivated. But on that note too, something fascinating that I came across a month or two ago is that there are now big companies that are manufacturing TikTok vir viral trends yes, through music. Yes. And they're pretending like it's just happening organically, but they'll have plants within the comment section when someone's live being like, oh, like do this bar. And then they'll, they'll do something and they're like, oh, that was so yep. sick. It's like, yeah, because it was planned. <laughs> and, and then You're their manager. Exactly. Like if you go to LinkedIn, they, they like know each other. And I've actually seen this one creator who breaks all this stuff down and exposes the brands that are doing this successfully. But yeah. that just, it, yeah, it's it's become such an impact on what goes viral on, on any sort of music platform. And I think that the craziest thing is if you go over to the top 100 on Apple Music or Spotify, it is so influenced by TikTok. It's actually insane. It is crazy. Like Spotify is my favorite because I'll be like going through it. And it's like the 50 viral TikTok songs. And I will start <laughs> listening to him. I'm like, oh my God, TikTok has infected my brain. I know every single one of these every songs. Every single one. <laughs> yeah, no, TikTok is crazy what they've done. And obviously it's a huge, it can be a huge opportunity for unknown mu musical talent if they're able to kind of hack that and get a trend yeah. going. But it's but like you said, if you're an established music artist, like they don't want to be creating TikToks all the time. But I guess no. it's the nature of evolution of entertainment, right? It's, yeah. it's kind of being more of a, de a demand, but it's, I can only imagine that being very, very exhausting. Yeah. Well, and I feel like I don't want to blame anybody, but I feel like it's probably a lot of like Lizzo because she's huge on TikTok yeah. and she's always constantly posting and she's always out there. And she created a viral dance routine. And so obviously her songs are always out there. I know Doja Cat is a huge one on there as well. And she's always creating very interesting TikToks, which I love her to death. I think she's so funny. Yeah. But it's just, it's such a marketing ploy right now. And then there was an article that recently got released about how viral moments aren't actually viral, kind of like what you're saying, where there's people in the comments, but also TikTok chooses which songs go viral. Brands can actually put in money and be like, hey, make this song go viral. And TikTok can do it. Yeah. And you can even do it. Like I've heard a lot of people do it the other way too, where they'll pay enough influencers to manufacture the, the trend, right? Where if, mm -hmm. if, if enough people are doing it, then it'll go. And I think that's true because sometimes you'll, you'll hear a sound and you're just like, how is this not a trend? You know what yeah. I mean? And it's just because yeah. maybe they didn't have the budget behind it or the right person hasn't, hasn't used it. But so it provides a huge opportunity to be creative, but also to be manipulated when there's someone who can just the strings and then there's a new trend <laughs> we're all part of a simulation it's happening <laughs> it certainly feels like it and we're about to back to our buddy elon musk that we talked about last time like oh, he's gonna be putting uh, computers in our brains at some point so yeah exactly oh boy my brain just tiktok and 
all I hear is that what was that song? My money don't jiggle, jiggle, jiggle. It, it rolls. Rolls. <laughs> 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 Louis Theroux, always in the brain. I heard that the people who made that got a recording deal or something like that. Oh, who was it? Oh, I saw that TikTok. He was talking again. I saw it. I saw a TikTok about Where it. He's talking and, about it. Yeah, that's the same creator who reveals the like the corruption in the manufactured trends. Is it? That's amazing. Yeah. Anything else we want to talk about? Oh, no. Okay, this is actually something else we should talk about in another episode too. Is yeah. that brands like Hulu and Netflix are integrating dynamic ads into TV shows. What? So, yeah, so say if there's a billboard in the show, they yeah. can change that out based on who pays for it and the targeting that they do. So it's like a new ad product. Isn't that insane? Yippee. Isn't that nuts? So like they can literally have people watching the same show on Hulu. Or whatever. And then if they want people who are 30 to 35 to see this ad and then people who are 40 to whatever to see this ad. What? <laughs> Isn't that insane? What? Yeah. It's super creepy, but it's real. Like, I thought it was, I thought That's it was like a gag and it's actually legitimate. So interesting. Yeah. So like the stuff that you wouldn't even think about because they'll walk past a billboard or there'll be a sign, whatever, like th- they're going to be able to change those based on who's paying for it and what their targeting is, which is truly nuts. And I guess it, it does make a ton of sense because like things like the NHL or they, you can pay based to be on the boards. Yeah. They've done the same sort of model where like they can change that stuff out based on who's paying for it during the, which period or whatever. So they'll be doing that now on Netflix shows, which is crazy. I mean, Netflix is flailing at the current moment. So they're going to, they're going to try anything. (laughs) Yeah. It's crazy. But if they have the technology to do it, it makes so much sense. That's awesome. Yeah, wildly creepy, but wildly awesome. That's kind of like yeah. the, the trend of, of this year. <laughs> Everything's, <moving forward. laughs> Everything's creepy and everything's kind of awesome. Yeah. <laughs> it all depends on your stance on it. It's very true. So yeah, that's all the wonderful, creepy, fascinating, and interesting news happening on social media this week. Obviously. It's the social tea. That is the social tea. But yeah, it'll be interesting just, just to see how subscriptions end up working out for these platforms i'm still not sure if i'm actually going to subscribe to anybody i probably won't i never have but thank you so much for joining me again ben of course yeah i'll be here again soon and if there's anything that you guys want us to guys and gals out there want us to to talk about you definitely let us know and we're happy to chop it up all right well thank you so much and we will catch you next time let's do it talk soon Thank you so much for listening. I hope you enjoyed that as much as I did. And I hope that you will also contribute to the conversations that we were discussing about TikTok and YouTube and Instagram over on our own Instagram channel, which is flick.hashtags. And please, please, please follow us over on TikTok. We are trying to get to that thousand so we can start going live and having more of these conversations like Ben was talking about. And we are at flick.social over there. So thanks again for listening. If you have any questions, please leave them over on Instagram and every details about Ben and me are going to be left in the show notes. Thank you. And I will talk to you next time.